Well, a lot of up-and-coming Predators made their NHL debuts next year. Who could be the next Milwaukee Admiral to break into the NHL lineup? We'll talk about that today on the Locked On Predators podcast. Your Locked On Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making the Lockdown Predators podcast your first listen of the day. Every single day, we are your free daily Nashville Predators podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I want to give a special hello to our loyal Lockdown Pred heads out there, the everydayers who tune into every single show. We love you guys and we appreciate the support you give us week after week. I'm Nick Morgan. I'm a writer at Penalty Box Radio, and I have a partner in crime. You do. I'm Ann Kimmel. I'm a writer at InsideThePreds.com. Today's show is also sponsored by Bird Dogs. Go to BirdDogs.com slash LockedOnNHL and enter promo code LockedOnNHL for a free white tech hat with any order. You don't want to take your Bird Dogs off. We promise you. All right, Ann. Today's show is all about the phrase, who got next? <laughs> the bigger phrase. You know, we, we've got some good uh, up-and-coming players on the Nashville Predators roster next year. Looks like Luke Evangelista has kind of had his breakthrough. Phil Tomasino, of course. Tommy Novak has, has come in. A lot of good young players have seemingly uh, locked in some spots for next season. Today, we're going to focus on who's next. Mm-hmm. Who could be the next Admirals player to kind of force their way into a permanent spot into a Predators lineup? Yeah, and I think this is such a great time to have this discussion because of where the Nashville Predators are. These young players are, they, they have such a great opportunity in front of them. You know, the world is their oyster with the Nashville Predators. There are roster spots that are going to be available. You know, when you look at the roster that the Predators have, some of their depth pieces, they're going to kind of have to root them out this year. They've got a lot of guys with one year left on deals. So these younger Predators who, you know, are in Milwaukee, this is a great opportunity for them to kind of show what they've got and and make a play, make a play for a Predators spot. Yeah, so so we're kind of excluding, you know, maybe some guys that might start in Milwaukee next season, like your evangelistas and, and stuff right. like that. These are more of the guys that, you know, maybe they played a little bit last year, like one or two games, but really haven't sort of locked in their spot. And let's start with a guy uh, who's, you know, in that second category, a guy we saw last year who just, you know, isn't quite locked into an NHL spot yet. And that is Spencer Stastny on the blue line, Anne. You know, this is one of those players I love talking about. Spencer Stasny has been such a fun prospect to watch over the last couple of years in development camp. Of course, kind of the main thing that stands out about Stasny that people always talk to, you know, talk about and refer to is his skating. And in this young man can skate really an incredible uh, an incredible talent in that sense but we got to see him for eight games in Nashville and I think what we got to see in Nashville is just a bigger picture of what he is capable of yes he's an incredible skater probably one of the best in the AHL 
That's how good he is. But he also showed that there's a fullness to his game. He did not seem in those eight games, he did not seem out of place. He did not seem behind. And you're talking about games like games against Vegas, games against Carolina. So these were teams that he was in against that were playoff teams, contender teams. And I really felt like Stasny held his own when he was on the ice, just for the brief period that we got to see him. It, it surprised me how NHL ready yeah. he looked because, you know, this last year was his first full season in the pros, not just in the minors or NHL or whatever, but just as a professional, mm-hmm. uh, a guy that played four years at Notre Dame. So he kind of came out overripe. And, and normally, you know, you hear stories about those, you know, t- kind of players that play all four years. Um, you know, more often than not, you know, it's not always the sign of like a great prospect because if True. you know you're you're great, you're you're coming out as a 21, 22 year old after just a couple years. But this is a guy that got better every single year uh, that he was in college, just a little by little. And I think that's why he rose up the Predators depth chart. You know, it, it was funny because I think we saw him last year and we we're just thinking like, oh, like you know, hey, you know, maybe a good like depth guy someday most probably going to spend most of his career like in the AHL but he looked NHL ready like his skating was there his decision making was there uh you know John Hines at the time didn't you know hesitate throwing him out on the penalty kill or or special teams it's it's it really does feel like the Predators might have kind of stumbled into a diamond in the rough uh the only question is with you know, 48 defensemen on the Nashville Predators roster entering next season. <laughs> uh, it's it's going to, to me, just like a matter of, okay, when is that breakthrough going to come? Because conceivably he's going to be um, in the AHL to start, but right. he's somebody who's training camp. I'm most excited to see. Because yes. I want to see what he can do kind of with this full NHL team. And maybe we get an even sort of better indication at what the future is going to hold when he does finally make that breakthrough. Yeah, I agree with you. He is high on my list in training camp of players that I want to watch. Like we said, eight games in the NHL. But then he was such a huge part of the Milwaukee Admirals' deep playoff run. And so he had an opportunity after being with the Predators to really continue to play quality games to play against really quality teams. And so I'm excited to see kind of what that looks like for for Stasny. I don't know that we would have seen him. This is the silver lining to last season. I don't think we would have seen Spencer Stasny last season had they not had so many injuries. So the silver lining is we got a glimpse of a young player that I think has tremendous, tremendous potential. And I agree with you. I don't know that people sort of marked him as, yeah, this is definitely going to be an NHL player. But I think the little that we saw, so much potential. I was telling you before we recorded, I was in a kind of, a, I was going through like, a, I was a hockey camel, like I was in the desert, the hockey desert. So I put on the old, uh, I put on the Vegas Golden Knights game from the end of last season. And watch Spencer Stasny. And I'm telling you, you you watch him, you know, Jack Eichel had a breakaway and watching Spencer Stasny playing defense against somebody like Jack Eichel. It's exciting. This is an exciting player for the Nashville Predators. And, and I do think he has done enough, even in eight games, to potentially bump himself up as far as like quicker call up if they need him. 
Yeah, you know, he he's certainly passed some other players, you know, Mark Del Gaizo, he's I think a little bit higher up than Adam Willsby, although they're people that I think Preds fans are still kind of excited yeah. to just to see what they can do. Uh, they're both 23 years old. So those are guys that, uh, you know, along with Stastny, it's like, you know, man, this, this might be the, uh, you know, the year where they, they really have to shine yeah, uh, to, to make an appointment. Uh, there's another player kind of in that same realm, a player that I think a lot of fans would love to see have a permanent place in the Predators lineup, what does Igor Afanasiev have to do to kind of be that first forward call up this year and earn a place on the Predators roster? We'll talk about him in just a second, but first I want to mention again, today's episode is sponsored by Bird Dogs. You've probably seen ads for these pants on social media. A lot of influencers are talking about them. You know, you, you probably think, are these just, you know, just some random brand that people are hawking? That's kind of what I thought. And then I got a pair of bird dogs. And let me tell you, these are my favorite shorts I think I have ever worn. Uh, the reasons I love bird dogs, number one, they make me look good. The bird dog stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, which give me a sculpted look. Bird dogs are pretty much the exact same thing. It's like Lululemon, but they fit a lot better. They fit better than the regular shorts that are made with those stiff restricting cotton. Bird Dogs fix this issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but it stretches so you can get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. And Bird Dogs uses anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. You can wear these pretty much anywhere. You can wear them on a fancy night out. You can wear them on the golf course. You can wear them just walking around town or lounging around your house. You never look out of place or feel out of place wearing Bird Dogs. So go to birddogs.com slash NHL or enter promo code LockedOnNHL for a free white tech hat with your order. Again, that's birddogs.com slash NHL or promo code LockedOnNHL for a free white tech hat. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. All right, Dan, we are talking about the next group of uh, Milwaukee Admirals, or I guess the incoming Milwaukee Admirals, uh, to make their, you know, sort of that next jump to the NHL. So let's talk about somebody who did get into the NHL again for a couple of games last year. Somebody they think a lot of Preds fans have been dying to see yes. more of for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And that's Igor Afanasiev. Yeah, this is one of those players that has been generating a lot of buzz. He's kind of been simmering in Milwaukee, but I think Nashville Predators fans have been dying to get their eyes on him and finally got to see him. He played 17 games with the Nashville Predators. Again, one of the silver linings of, you know, this kind of hot mess of an injury season is we got to see Igor he had uh, one goal. Here's what is true about Igor's time with the Nashville Predators. So many opportunities. <laughs> God love him. So yeah. many opportunities. And, and that's encouraging in the sense that, you know, this was a guy who was in places to make some plays. 
didn't finish. And I think that that was really frustrating for him, but really you saw some potential. You saw some NHL, uh, NHL type play from Igor Afanasyev. And so I think it was encouraging. He is definitely one that I think is going to need to have a really strong training camp. I don't know that I see him, you know, cracking the Nashville Predators roster right out of camp, but I think if he wants to be sort of the next man up who got next, it's going to start in training camp for Igor. It's funny because a couple of years ago, uh, when we were talking about the whole, will Phil Tomasino make training camp? This was like back in 2021. Mm -hmm. uh, remember the other people that people were wondering is, is Igor enough? If I'm not, uh, whatever his name is. Afanasiev, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, it's been a long day, people. Uh, is he going to make a training camp? Mm -hmm. And it kind of goes back to what you told, like what you just said. Afanasiev has had a lot of opportunities. I think to me, what's just disappointing is he hasn't quite seized mm -hmm. those opportunities yet. You know, a lot of potential, you know, kind of a weird career path. Like, you know, was in, you know, the U.S., you know, through the junior system for a long time, that went back to the KHL for, um, you know, during during like the COVID year and everything like that, and came back to North America. And so, you know, kind of, a, you know, when he didn't make the team out of camp that one year, a lot of people were like, okay, he's still going to light it up in Milwaukee and really didn't. Uh, and then, you know, this past year in Milwaukee, again, people are like, okay, you know, he's got the year in North America under his belt. He's got, he's ready to take the next big step. And then he really didn't. Yeah. Now I will say had a very, very good postseason. Exactly. Yeah. And, and I think that's what maybe is giving fans maybe a little bit more optimism that maybe he's figured some stuff out. Um, but I agree. Like he's certainly in terms of when you look at the forwards in Milwaukee, of course, not including, you know, your evangelistas and Tomasino. Right. That. He's sort of that one guy that you go and it's like, okay, well, he's the logical choice to kind of be next, mm -hmm. you know, especially, you know, big body can do a lot of different things. It's just, if it, if that doesn't happen this year and, if, if he can't do that, you, you look at the other people in Milwaukee, like guys like Reed Schaefer coming in and Zach right. LaRue and Svechkov and Kamel. It's almost like, okay, if he can't step up this year, I think it's safe to say that he is going to get left behind on that organizational depth chart really fast. And I do think he is positioned well to take that next step. I agree with you. This is his window. You know, you talked about his postseason run in Milwaukee. He had a fantastic postseason in Milwaukee. And I think part of that was building off of what he learned and the momentum he gained playing NHL games. So if he can continue to kind of carry that, and if he keeps that kind of forward progress in his game into training camp, it's a great springboard for him. So I, I wouldn't say that the door is closed necessarily. I just think this is such a great window for Afanasiev. And I really would love to see that happen in training camp where he continues to show the, you know, kind of what he's learned and the momentum he's gained. Again, little things like want to see him finish some shots. Bless his heart. He had so many opportunities before he finally got that first NHL goal. Um, but I really think we saw some good things from him. Let's see if he can continue it. Yeah. 
it, it's going to be an uphill battle for him, I think, yeah. a, a little bit. And he's really got to come out and shine mm -hmm. um, here. Um, in just a second, we are going to be talking about who do we think there, there's a lot of incoming talent. Very true. Uh, a lot of, you know, new people coming into Milwaukee this year. Who are some of the people that we think might have the best chance at a first NHL impression? We're going to be talking about that in just a second. But first, want to take a second and mention uh, that the Lockdown Predators podcast is your free daily Nashville Predators podcast. You can find us wherever you get your podcast on Apple, on Spotify, um, insert whatever sort of off-brand uh you know, thing you use to get your podcast. You can also find all of our episodes on YouTube. Also, I want to mention that we're going to be doing something cool starting next week. Yeah. It's the 25th anniversary of the Nashville Predators. So we are going to rank the top 25 players in Nashville Predators history. We're going to be doing a number of different episodes, kind of counting down uh, and uh, yeah, this is a list that uh, we are excited to put together and uh, we hope you like it. So tune in for that. We're going to have our first episode for that next week. All right, Anna, we are talking about Milwaukee Admirals who might be ready for that next step. Uh, mm -hmm. The guys that might be the first ones to jump into the NHL, not including guys like Phil Tomasino and right. Lista. Um, so. Here's a question for you. We mm -hmm. have a lot of new faces that are probably going to make their NH or their AHL, um, you know, sort of their, their first gasp this year. You know, you got Fedor Svechkov and Zachary LaRue, two former number, uh, number one picks. Uh, you got Reed Schaefer, who came over in the Edmonton Oilers trade with mm -hmm. Matthias Ekholm. Uh, but Joachim Kamel seems like he's going to start off uh, in Milwaukee this season. Uh, so with all of these young people coming in, Anne, mm -hmm. who do you see as maybe somebody who might have the first big chance to make an impression at the NHL level? For me, this may be the obvious answer, but for me, it's uh, Kimmel. You know, I think he does need a little bit more time with North American hockey, and and I and I can see that. I think it's going to be a little while for the Nashville Predators to sort through their lineup before they do any major call-ups, and that's going to work in Joachim Kimmel's favor, I think. Um, what we saw from him, again, in the postseason with the Milwaukee Admirals was just incredible, especially on the power play. His game was such an important part of that deep playoff run for them and just showed a ton of potential. He had eight games, 10 points, just terrific shot. Uh, it reminds me, and I almost hate to say this, it reminds me a little bit of Ellie Tolvanen, which I hate to bring that up. I know that's oh, a sore spot. <laughs> but so let's keep this one, just throwing it out there. Let's keep this one around. So I do think that he is in that next man up gray area for the Nashville Predators. And I think training camp is going to be huge for him because I would like to see him 
on the ice with players like Luke Evangelista, who didn't really play in the postseason with him. So let's see where is his game compared to the guys like Tomasino and Evangelista, who did make the roster last season. You know, how ready is he and what is his timeline? You know, again, going to need a little bit more time maybe for North American hockey. And also, like, where is he ranking in size and strength? You know, 5'11", 171 pounds. Let's beef that boy up a little bit. You know, you look at some of the NHL defensemen. Tyson Berry's got, like, 25 pounds on him. McDonough's got, like, 30 pounds on him. So, you know, I think there's a lot of factors that go into this. But talent-wise, I feel like he's in that next man up gray area. Yeah, and it's... (laughs) He didn't mention that. It's like when Tyson Berry is like out muscling you by 30 pounds. It's like, <laughs> dude, just just go to Arby's a few yeah. times after practice. Just pack on some, just pack on some weight. Yeah. Add an extra, add an extra chicken breast uh to your to your salad. Yeah. Uh that's that's the one I think a lot of Preds fans are kind of circling. Mm-hmm. You know, just because, you know, what he did do in Milwaukee at the end of last year. And of course, uh, I would say other than Askarov, who, you know, oh my kind of goes without saying is the emergency goaltender, the, the third string goaltender at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, other than him, he's probably the, the top prospect in the entire organization and maybe their best chance at like a pure sort of 40, 50 goal scorer. Um, so I think that's the one a lot of people are hoping to see. I'd certainly think he's going to start in Milwaukee just because of the pure amount of people battling for roster spots in Nashville. Um, but I agree, like, you know, if the Predators need some scoring and he's off to another hot start, kind of doing what he did in the postseason for the Admirals last year, that's one you certainly want to circle Another one that's kind of interesting to me, Anne, mm-hmm. and this kind of depends, all kind of depends on like what happens with the Preds, like what they're lacking, like who's injured, that kind of thing. But I wouldn't count out an early Zachary LaRue appearance either. Let's go. Yeah. Especially if, you know, maybe there's some injuries in the bottom six or, you know, the Predators need sort of like a grinder guy on the bottom. That's somebody who has kind of the physical aspect of his game down. Mm-hmm. He's certainly got a lot to put together in terms of, you know, like hands and stuff like that. And, you know, maybe some, some finer scoring skills in the NHL. Um, but he's certainly got the physical aspect down. And if the Predators kind of need just a, you know, I guess just maybe a mid-season spark. Or maybe Ooh. they, or maybe they do that whole, you know, kind of stereotypical. We need to inject some energy into the lineup. That's also a guy that I wouldn't completely rule out seeing at some point either. Yeah, when you say spark, I think Zachary Larue. Yeah. Um, he, you mentioned Askarov, and I feel like Askarov and Larue are kind of these two players in the same boat, in the sense that in Milwaukee they're going to have to sort of decide how much of these two players' games. Do you try to refine and how much do you just step back and kind of let them take the lead? Because they both play kind of non-stereotypical styles. You know, Askarov, bat poop crazy in net. I mean, he is the poster child for why I buy Tums. But Zachary LaRue is a little bit that same thing. He plays with such a chippy kind of physicality. He loves to get under opponent's skin 
you know, in juniors that had come back to bite him. Things are a little bit different when you get to the pros. You know, it may not be something that needs a ton of refining, but that's definitely something they're going to have to decide in Milwaukee. How much of this kid's game do we want to refine or change? And how much do we just want to take, you know, let go of the reins and, and see what he can do. So he is definitely one I'm keeping my eye on. And I agree with you. If the Predators get to a point where they're they're missing some depth pieces and they're like, you know what, YOLO, he is your YOLO pick for the lineup. Yeah. It, it's Again, a lot of it is going to come down to like who's injured, like what's right. the call up for. Uh, but those, those are two people like, you know, Ke- you know, Kennel's the guy that, you bring in for some high-end scoring if there's mm-hmm. some holes up front. Well, Rue's the guy. It's like, okay, we need a little bit more depth. We need to kind of refix some things on how we're doing in the middle of the lineup. Um, yeah, you know, we kind of, you know, we talk about like the next prospects up and we sort of mention Askarov in passing. Um, you know, that's obvious because you have UC Saros and Kevin Lankinen signed this year. Um, is... Is this sort of the last full year of a scar off not in the NHL lineup, Anne? I would not be surprised. I would not be surprised for a couple of reasons. One, obviously, Lankanen on a one-year deal, and this is a a player who wants a starting job. And I think that Lankanen could be a starter in the right situation. So I'm not sure the Predators are going to be able to hold on to him. Second of all, this is a good window for Yaroslav Askarov. If he, you know, if this team is still in a reset, which let's face it, folks, it's going to be a couple of seasons of reset. This is a good time with some extra grace to get him into the lineup, get him to be a backup. Again, UC Saros really starts so many games, but I think maybe not this season, but 24-25, maybe the year you see him become the Saros backup. Yeah. It'll be interesting, and, y'all. And as, and as I should mention, uh, that is also UC Saros' last year under contract. Oh, we have to re-sign him, y'all. Like, yeah. Those, I mean, That's but I'm just saying, if there was going to be a changing of the guards. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> that, that would be the time to do it. Oh, gosh. Uh, I, can't even, I can't even with that. Yeah. Uh, well, like we mentioned, uh, we are going to be doing our top 25 Nashville Predators players of all time. A couple of special podcasts coming up for you starting next week. Uh, we also are starting our Central Division Frenemies series. I love the Frenemies. We love the Frenemies. We've got a couple we're trying to plan already, but we'll send out notes uh, for you guys when we have those ready to go. And where can people find your work? You can find my work online at InsideThePreds.com. You can find me on Twitter, X, whatever, at AnnK underscore Mama on Ice. Yeah. You can find me on the Twitter X bird thingy. You guys know what we're talking about at underscore NS Morgan. Uh, you can also read my work at penaltyboxradio.com. That's going to do it for us on today's Lockdown Predators podcast. Thanks for making us your first listen of the day. We will be back Friday with an all new episode. We'll see you then.